Let's all now turn to the book of John, chapter 14. And we're going to read verses 1 through 17. If we could please stand on reading this word, and we'll do our best to go through this quickly. At least as quickly as we could, can. John, chapter 14, verse 1 through 17. As we go through this, understand that this is at the Last Supper. And Jesus is speaking to the disciples. Uh, I love, I love reading all this. I do. Let's see what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. You know where I'm going, and you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. That is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you such a long time and yet you have not known me, Philip? He's, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in, I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I, that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who lives in me does the works. Believe me that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe me on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me will do the works that I do also, and he will do greater works than these because I am going to my Father I will do whatever you ask in my name that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This, of course, gets misconstrued, misunderstood. But this is talking about God's will, not ours. Moving on from there, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father and he will give you another counselor. We're talking about the Holy Spirit here. We, he will give you another counselor that he may be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive for it does not see him. Neither does it know him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. God bless and honor the reading of his word and you may be seated. Whew, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Powerful, powerful words. Three weeks ago, we spoke of eternal vessels. We then spoke, that was talking about the body, eternal body and other things. And then we spoke about eternal death, which was about hell, those who are already lost. We then spoke about eternal treasures. That was last week. Things that we receive here on earth as we live for God. And we also spoke about treasures we receive in heaven as well. We'll speak a little about that today, but not much. Today, today we will speak about heaven. We'll speak about heaven today. Now, the word heaven, the word heaven is in the Bible, believe it or not, over 700 times. 
hell's spoken about even more. But the word heaven is in the Bible over 700 times. However, the place of heaven, we're going to talk about all this, the place of heaven, the place that is known as heaven that we're going to go to is mentioned over 600 times. Over 600 times. And it's in the Bible. Now, in the 39 books of the Old Testament, 33 of them mention heaven, the place. And in the 27 books of the New Testament, 21 of those books of the New Testament mention the place of heaven. That is our eternal home. And therefore, the title of today's sermon is called Eternal Homecoming. Now, you could say this is the end of those the, this month's uh, four sermons, the eternal sermons, you could say. They probably seem like they're eternal when I get started. <laughs> but that being said, that being said, this is the end of these four. However, it will keep going in a sense because we have two more coming and they're not connected to this, but I guess all of them are connected in a sense. We're talking about Christ. We have two that are going to be going into Easter time and we'll talk about those next week and the week after. But that being said, today is the eternal homecoming because we know that we're going to be going home to heaven. We're going to talk about today, that today. But when we know we're going home to heaven, we need to know certain things. And I'm going to be quoting people today, mostly Dr. David Jeremiah, my pastor, along with my other pastor, uh, Dr. Charles Stanley. I love Dr. Charles Stanley as well. But one of those people say we need to feed our heavenly hunger in, our war, in the word of God and in our mind and in our heart and our soul. We need to feed our heavenly hunger. We need to do it all the time. People say, I'm going to heaven. I don't need to worry about that. Yeah, but we need to always feed the spiritual matter constantly, knowing we're going home. You know, when you're going on a trip, I, one thing I always loved my mom and dad was always getting things prepared for a trip. My mom and dad always made sure we had things fed. Now, most of the time, we would go in our van, our big green van. I love that van. And mom and dad would always make sure the trip was fun. My dad would make sure we had songs and things and the tape player. Yeah, tape player, I said. And we would make sure that we had all sorts of fun. And my dad would have all the maps mapped out and everything. Oh, that's the word of God, the map. We would have fun with the tape players, I said. Well, that's spiritual songs, okay? Spiritual songs. We're, we're singing along, getting everything going right, making sure we're in the right mindset, right? Right spirit. My mom always made sure we had snacks and things to eat upon so we didn't go hungry. We weren't going to stop off at McDonald's all the time, all the way down. Let me just tell you, we didn't have the cash for that. But we made sure that we had plenty to eat. We made sure that we had everything ready. God made sure that we had plenty to eat, that we had spiritual food to eat upon, the right spiritual food to eat upon. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to have a, a, a chicken biscuit or whatever they call those things. But I am telling you that it was that what we had that in cheddar cheese and such. But I am telling you that we need to have the right spirits of food, manna to eat upon. I need to tell you that you need to make sure you're eating on spiritual food all the way to heaven. I'm already going to heaven. I already got my ticket. Good, good. You better have your ticket, your ticket through Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. But you better be eating food on the way home. You're going to starve to death. I'm not talking about losing salvation. But I'm going to talk about you're going to be starving, wanting to eat. Don't be eating on the wrong things the people of the world are trying to feed you on. Because they will too, you know. Listen to what it says in Colossians 3.2. Set your affection, that's Colossians 3.2 now. Colossians 3.2. Set your affection on things above, not things, not on things on earth. Good people do it all the time. I'm going to heaven, but I, I listen to, to Dr. Whistlebridges and blah, 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 blah. 
Dr. Whistlebridges don't care about you. Dr. Whistlebridges just cares about his own moolah. He just wants to, to get you to buy his newest book, how, how to Whistle All the Way Home. And let, let me tell you, Dr. Whistlebridges knows how to do it. But don't listen to Dr. Whistlebridges because there's a whole bunch of those doctors out there. I, I see them sometimes on TV. They're whistling all the way home to the bank. Yeah, because they want to let you know there's other ways to heaven, but there's not. I see certain Dr. Whistlebridges all the time. They're saying, just smile to everybody. on." No, that's not what Jesus says. That's not what he says. He says, make sure you tell them the truth that there's one way to heaven. Listen to what it says in Acts 4, 11 through 12. Acts chapter 4, 11 through 12. This is what it says. And this is, this is Peter talking now. I believe, if I recall correctly, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am here. He is the stone. He is talking about Jesus now. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Christ is the cornerstone, folks. Jesus is the cornerstone, and he is the cornerstone. There is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So as I talk about heaven today, just know this, so many people are wanting to go to heaven, they're planning on going to heaven, but they're not going to heaven if they don't have Christ. It says in John 3, 3, it says in John 3, 3, and we're going to talk about it later, but it says, verily, verily, unless you're born again, you're not going into the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again. You must be born again. Oh, as the song does say, you must be born again. Hallelujah. You must be. But in the Bible, and this is why we say, I was talking about the heavens, over 700 times the word heaven gets mentioned. Did you know in the Bible there's three types of heavens that it's talked about? Three types of heavens. And this can be confusing to people. Oh, I thought there's one heaven. There is one heaven that we call home. There's one heaven that we call home. Just one. But in the Bible, they talk about three heavens. Now, as a young little man, I won't say little feller, because I was never all that little. <laughs> but as a, a young feller, it would confuse me when they talk about the three heavens. Maybe it does confuse you too. But let's talk about that. Let's get that out of the way so we can move on to the most important things. There are three heavens in the Bible. And let, let's just talk about it. Genesis 1-1 mentions it right away. I mean, we're talking about right out of the, right out of the gate. Genesis 1-1. The very first verse talks about it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this confused me as a little guy. Heavens? There's more than one heaven? Well, yes and no. Let's talk about it. heaven number one. Heaven number one is the atmospheric heaven. That means the sky. God's talking about the sky. That heaven, uh, by the way, I, I I have these for myself here. I have that as lowercase heaven. There's two lowercase heavens for me. That's lowercase heaven, the atmosphere, the sky. It's about 300 miles into space as we go into space. So that's just the sky. That heaven is just the sky. And, and, and I could give you a verse. That's Isaiah 55. You write this down. I'm not going to quote it because I don't have time. That's this Isaiah 55, 10 through 11 talks about the rain coming down and all that. It's talking about the sky. You know what the sky is. Uh, by now, I, I assume you would in, in life know what a sky is. And then there's heaven number two. That's the stellar heaven. In other words, the universe, the galaxy. And if I need to put it into terms that I would understand, space, the final frontier. That is space. That's the universe. That's, that's heaven number two. Heaven number two is the stellar universal galaxy space. It talks about that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. 
And what are we talking about? Well, listen to what God said in Genesis 1.14. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from night and let them, let them be signs to indicate seasons, days, and years. We're talking about sun, the sun, the moon, stars, space. And then there's the third heaven. That's the heaven, heaven. The heavens of heavens, it says in, in, in the Bible. Heavens of heaven. The main heaven. The heaven that's mentioned over 600 times in the Bible. That's home, folks. Your home. My home. We're not home. We have a place that we call home here. But it's not home home. For 10 years, I was wanting a home. For 10 years, I'd be in apartments. We were looking for a house. Finally got a house. I was in there for six whole months. <laughs> but guess what? Eventually, I have to go home. And I'm home for now. It's my home here for now. But I'm not home home. I'm just here. I'm just here. You're just here. We're just here in this beautiful fat body of mine. I'm home. But guess what? I'm not home home. I'm just renting. I'm just renting for now. How about you? Are you just renting? You should be. Okay, I'm happy with what God gave me. I know you're happy with what you got too. Oh, okay. There's failings in the body. We know that. But we're not home yet. We will be home, but we're not home yet. But I'm homeward bound. Oh, you know that Simon and Garfunkel's song is going to my head. Homeward bound. Oh, yes, I'm homeward bound. I sure am. I am. We are on our way to heaven. That is the heaven of heavens, the heaven place, the kingdom of God. It's mentioned over 600 times in the Bible, as it says in 2 Corinthians 12. That's 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. And listen to what Paul says here. And by the way, when Paul mentioned this man over 14 years ago, he's talking about himself. You remember, it took him 14 years to become the man that we knew of, as Paul. Listen to what he says here. I knew a man in Christ over 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I knew that such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words not permitted for a man to say. Now, let me explain to you. Heaven is also known as paradise. Now, Pastor, I thought you said paradise was a place that was on the other side of Hades. Well, yeah, but this was after all that. This was the paradise that is heaven. That was before Christ opened up heaven. This is after all that, okay? So heaven is also known as paradise, but this is after Christ set people free from the other side of the grave, okay? So heaven is also known as paradise. But let's move on from there. There's other times that we know that heaven is known as the highest heavens. So the third heaven is the heaven that we know is home. You guys got it. You know what heaven is, the kingdom of God. So let's talk about heaven, our eternal home. We'll mention it here tonight, today. Eternal home. And I don't know about the rest of y'all. I'm happy here at times. I'm happy with what God gave me, especially when I'm following God and doing what God told me to do. But boy, oh boy, there's other times I look around, I see what's going on on this earth. And folks, I don't know about you, but I am homesick. Are you homesick? I am homesick. There's times, especially right now, when I see everything going every which way but loose. I am homesick. I can't wait to go home. Don't get me wrong. 
I'm not talking about ending life. No, no, I love life. I love life. But folks, when you go he to heaven, life doesn't end. It only just begins. It only just begins. I am homesick. We're going to go to eternal home. That's the first thing of eternal. Eternal home. It says in 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we mentioned some of this earlier from Colossians. But it's 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I know that we're here and we're to love what God has given us. But folks, we don't need to fall in love with these, these things of this world. Too many people do that. Oh, but I love the people. You can love the people, but you don't need to love what the people are all about. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 8 says this, and oh, this is good. That's what it says here. We know that if our earthly house, this tent, were to be destroyed, we have an eternal building of God in the heavens. A house not made with hands. Thus being sheltered, we shall not be unsheltered. Excuse me, I skipped the verses. In this one we groan earnestly, desiring to be sheltered with our house which is from heaven. Thus being sheltered, we shall not be found unsheltered. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we wish to be unclothed, but be further clothed so that what is mortal might be swallowed up by life. Now he who has created us for this very thing is God. He also has given us, given to us a guarantee of the spirit. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord for we walk by faith not by sight. Instead, I say that we are confident and willing. And here's the great thing, folks. Here's the great thing. Listen to this last part of verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 5, 8. Instead, I say that we are confident and willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The moment that we leave here, you're not going to have to fly through space. You're not going to have to go through all that. The moment you leave here to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. You're going to be boom, boom, absent from this body. Boom, present with the Lord. Maybe right now you're hurting because your body is hurting and failing you. Maybe you know someone who is dying and that's sad. It's sad for us. It might be sad for them if they don't know Jesus. It is. But folks, it's not too late. They can call. Maybe you're dying at home right now. You could call out to Jesus right now and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. It's not too late. Just have faith and believe and he can be your Lord and Savior and you can go straight to heaven the moment you leave the body. And I mean the moment in just an instant. Maybe you've lost a loved one and it seems so sad. But imagine just millions of miles away there that person is waiting to see you. And I know, I know for a fact, I've had visions, I've seen them. I'm telling you, I know they're there. I know, I know for a fact, loved ones are waiting. We're gonna talk about that. Remember what I just said to you from 2 Corinthians 5, 8, 
to be absent from the body is to boom, be present with the Lord. You're going to be that. Hang on. Hang on. It's coming. And what are you going to have? You're going to have what? The next eternal? Eternal peace. Eternal peace. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more worries. No more sickness. No more death. No more taxes. <laughs> no more that is already paid in full. No more bills. No more bills. Yes, you can all say amen to that. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. It's already been paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross. You mean Jesus paid my taxes? Don't you remember? Don't you remember when Peter had to pay extra taxes and he opened up that fish's mouth when Jesus told him to go fishing? Don't fishing. He opened up that fish's mouth and there was that coin he needed. Your taxes have been paid for in heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's already taken care of. It's already taken care of. You don't have to worry about anything. No sorrow. Listen to what it says in Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Forevermore. Oh, when I was a kid, I wanted it to be Christmas every day. I've seen cartoons and movies and all that have that whole thing happening. They try to make it like a Groundhog Day movie. And there's been probably two million Hallmark movies like that by now. Okay, maybe only 2,000. I don't know. But the fact is, is they, they try to make it like that. And they say, see, Christmas every day would ruin the fun of it. Especially, but listen, when I, say, I tell you this. When you get to heaven, it's going to be like that. Joy. Christmassy like joy every day. Every day. You can't out, you can't out give God. It's going to be joy every day. To the treasures God gives you. No, I'm not talking about getting up and, and opening up presents every day. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that joyful feeling. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Right? Hallelujah. You cannot give God. Can't be done. You're going to have rewards given to you. Rewards. Both when you get to heaven and then after on the new earth, which we'll talk about in a moment. What did 1 Peter 1.4 say? 1 Peter 1.4 To an incorruptible an undefiled inheritance that does not fade away, kept in heaven for you. Hallelujah. We talked about it last week. We talked about Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. We talked about not storing up treasures on earth for you or moth and rust to destroy or thieves break in and steal. Well, they're not going to do that in heaven. But it said in Matthew 6, 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in nor steal. Folks, when we live for Christ and give our best to the master, he's storing up treasures for you in heaven. Hallelujah. And the next eternal, you will have an eternal body, an eternal body, an eternal body with no more pain, no more sorrow, no more hunger, no more weakness at all. Now, what do I mean no more hunger? Well, there, there's going to be food in heaven, right? Didn't they talk about fruits and all that stuff? Yes, but it's not the same kind. You all have food and all that, but it's not of a necessity. You see, our bodies will starve and die if we don't eat now. That's not how it's going to be then. You're not going to die. It'll be. Think of it like this. You get to eat for happiness. Now, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> I like eating. This is why you got a pastor who looks like this. Oh, hey, hey. But the point is, is that when you're in heaven, 
No more calorie counting. No more that you're going to get to eat, 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 or joy, joy, joy. Hallelujah. You're going to get to eat the wonderful fruits of the Lord. Now, listen what it says in Revelation 7. Oh, it's good. Revelation 7, 16 through 17. Listen what it says. They shall neither hunger anymore, nor shall they thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about air conditioning. <laughs> For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, and he will lead them to springs of living water. Hallelujah. And God will wipe away. Oh, I love this part. I love this part. No more sorrow. God will, God, excuse me. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There may be tears of joy, but no more tears of sorrow. No more tears of pain. Now, you may not be able to tell from this man here, looking at him. I'm a sensitive soul. I cry sometimes. I cried just the other day. Cried a bit. But the truth be told is I cry sometimes. Sometimes we're watching sensitive movies. <laughs> sometimes I cry just because I cry for those who are lost. I cried a lot this week. I cried from physical pain. I cried mostly during the sermon uh, preparation, thinking about how many people, how many billions or more, have missed out on eternal glory in heaven. And how many are missing right now? Maybe you home. Maybe you think you're going to heaven simply because you believe in God. Well, Satan believes in God. He's not going. And he can't. I pray and hope you know. Because the place that I'm going is an eternal kingdom. An eternal kingdom. That's the next eternal. An eternal kingdom. A celestial city. Celestial city. An eternal country. Eternal citizenship. And for those who've asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior and believe with all the heart and soul, this is your eternal destiny. It's your eternal destiny, folks. Praise the Lord God, you have nothing to fear anymore. It's eternal destiny. This is what it says in Psalm 23, 6. Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise the Lord God. 2 Timothy 4.18. 2 Timothy 4.18 says to us, The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me for his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what John 3, 3 says all the way through now. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, excuse me. It's all the way there. It's through salvation. We're reading in Sunday school today. How many people, how many people believe they're going to go to the kingdom of heaven? We talked about it. How many people, even those, and I was reading it many times this week, it talked about the how many percentage of people believe, and they, they, they talk about themselves being atheists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe, of course, in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, yet they all believe they're going to go to afterlife in heaven. How horrible is that? 
Well, if God is really loving God, he's going to send me to heaven. Folks, he loved you enough to live for you, die for you, arise for you, and invite you in. But you're not going in unless you receive the ticket, which is through Jesus Christ. I'm talking about eternal life through Jesus, through faith in his grace. Dr. David Jeremiah was given a wonderful story about this woman who was singing on this uh, for these people. And they went. she went to this dinner and she thought because she sang for them and worked for them that she was going to get to go to this dinner. But she didn't get to go. She had to be sent home. She didn't have, uh, she wasn't reserved. Her place wasn't reserved, her and her husband's. And he, he said to her on the way home, what happened? She goes, I received a ticket in the mail, but I didn't think I needed it because I was already part of it. And she said that what made her cry wasn't that they didn't get the meal, but she got to see how glorious and everything was and so special. She said she cried because she thought about how everyone's going to be the people who see what they're missing out on in heaven. And they don't have that ticket. They didn't reserve their ticket through the Lord Jesus. How many people are right now have reserved their ticket of salvation, their ticket to heaven? Because they don't think they need it. They didn't think they needed to reserve it. You can be reserved right now to the eternal kingdom, the celestial city, that eternal country, the eternal citizenship, the eternal destiny. Because you're either going to have an eternal destiny in heaven or eternal destiny in hell. And it's up to you. Hebrews 9.24. Hebrews 9.24 says, For Christ did not enter holy places made with hands, which are patterned, after the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. And I love Hebrews chapter 11. I love it. I quote it all the time. It speaks of the Old Testament folk who die knowing, knowing, knowing that when they die, they need to have faith in God and that there's a kingdom, a better country for them, that they would see later because of what Jesus would do for them. And we, we have that same faith now knowing that Christ had already died, knowing that we can go there, knowing that we can go there because of him. It says in Hebrews 13, 14, in Hebrews 13, 14, it says, for here, for here, we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. They know that there is a city to come, come out heaven. Ephesians 2, 19, Ephesians 2, 19 says, now, therefore, you no longer are no longer strangers and foreigners, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are all citizens. This is why we need to pray for our fellow brothers and sisters. You may not agree with them and all their theologies. You may not agree with them with everything they say and do, but pray for them. Pray for them as they pray for you so that we will see as Christ sees. Not because we are always right. Not because they're always right, but Christ is always right. Just pray for them. Yes, I know. I see some fellow brothers and sisters sometimes who are sometimes following ways of the world. We need to pray for them, not be angry at them and, and yell at them and scream at them and, and bicker with them. But pray for them. Pray for them. Philippians 3, 20 through 21. But our citizenship is in heaven. From where also we await for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our body of humiliation so that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working of his power, even to subdue all things to himself. 
another eternal thing, another eternal thing we're going to have. Oh, folks, as I just said, we all become a one family. We're going to have an eternal family, an eternal family in heaven. Hallelujah. This is why I said we need to pray for one another, because guess what? Well, we enter heaven, an eternal family, and that means a family reunion. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to be in heaven and have that family reunion. Oh, hallelujah, that family reunion. I spoke of my vision when I had a family reunion with oh so many people. Many of them are family. Many of them are family that I had here. Many were family that I had not met before. And I knew who they were. And you're going to know who everyone is. I knew Daniel. I knew David. I knew who Moses was. I knew who they were. I'm telling you, you're going to know everybody. They're going to know you. We're going to love one another. We're not going to think about hard times we had here. No, 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 no. You're not going to worry about it. Oh, they owed me $10. No, you're not going to worry about that. You're not going to worry about it. Oh, they borrowed that movie and never brought it back. No, who cares? Who cares? All that's in the past. Everything is wiped away. You're going to be in heaven forevermore, having good times and only good times. Good times. Eternal family. It's going to be beautiful. Absolute joy and nothing but joy. Oh, folks, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, even from just a little bit I saw, you're going to have such a great time in heaven, a great, glorious time in heaven. Listen to what it says in Matthew 22. And this is Christ talking now. Matthew 22, 30 through 32. Matthew 22, 30 through 32. For in the resurrection, they neither, and this is important now, because people ask all the time, are we going to be married in heaven? Listen to what he says. Well, Jesus says, Matthew 22, 30 through 32. For neither, for for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. Let me stop for a second. This verse has gotten misconstrued, misused, misunderstood so many times. Where it says, but are like the angels of God in heaven. This doesn't mean we are angels in heaven. Some have mistaught that. Some have misused that. Some think that we have wings. <laughs> no, no. Not all angels have wings, by the way. But what they often think is that we become angels. One of my favorite movies, It's a Wonderful Life. Sorry, Clarence. You may hear a lot of bells ringing. <laughs> and I do love that movie. You may hear a lot of bells ringing. And every time you go to a store and you hear a door open up, ding, ding, ding. That doesn't mean angels are getting their wings. It says you're like like the angels of God in heaven, meaning you're like spiritual up there. Okay, but listen to what it says, verse 31. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. We're not dead. You don't go up there as a corpse. You're living. You're living. Does that mean you're a body? It's a spiritual body. But when you get here, you'll have a brand new body. We'll talk about that next. And we're going to be a family together. Well, some want to say, but I am going to miss my wife. I'm going to miss my husband. I want to see him. You're going to know him. It just won't be the same romantic relationship, but you'll still have a relationship with them. I'm going to tell you, you're going to know who they are. You're going to have a relationship with them. It just won't be the same. There'll be no need for it. There'll be no need for it. And last and definitely not least, 
there's going to come a time for an eternal new earth. There's going to come a time when it's all over, when God has had enough, when he comes again and all that time has run out, when a thousand years, all that you know, the new heaven, new earth, it all comes to be one, and all that comes to be, there'll be the eternal new earth, the house of the Lord, the city of his foundations, Mount Zion, paradise as it's known to, New Jerusalem it's also called. This is what it says in Isaiah 65, 17. For I created new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. It's Isaiah 65, 17. This is what it says in Revelation chapter 7. And I already read part of this, but I'll read the rest of it here. 9 through 17. Then I looked. There was a great multitude which no one could count from all nations and tribes and people and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, Who are these clothed in white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, Sir, you know. He said to me, these are those who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore, nor shall they thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And now I will read to you the first seven verses from Revelation chapter 21, and then the first seven verses from Revelation chapter 22. And it says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 7, Then I saw, remember this is John speaking, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Look, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither shall there be any more sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. 
he who was seated on the throne said, look, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, write, for these words are faithful and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the spring of the water of life to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let us go to Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 through 7. Then he showed me, well, actually, let me read this to you. Uh, 21, verse 27. No unclean thing shall ever enter it, nor shall anyone who commits abomination or falsehood, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm explaining this one more time to those who do not know Jesus, who are not saved. Because if you're not a Christian, if you've not asked Jesus in your heart, your name is not in the Lamb's book of life. Chapter 22, verse 1 through 7. Then he showed me a pure river, the pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God, and of the Lamb. In the middle of this street, on each side of the river, was a tree of life, which bore twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse. No more sin. No more curse because of sin. The throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Night shall be no more. They need no lamp, nor, nor the light of, sun, of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, these words are faithful and true. The Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show to his servants the things which must soon take place. Listen to verse 7 here. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Praise the Lord God. Folks, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. I'm not giving uh, a date. I don't know when. I don't know when. I'm not going to say this year, next year, 10 years. I don't know. I don't change the tittle. I don't change the dot. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know Jesus Christ is coming. We're going home. I'm ready for a homecoming. I cannot wait to go home and see my family and hug my Lord and Savior and bow down because I do know that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and I'm going home and I cannot wait. Who's going to join me? I do know this, that it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, they said, men of Galilee, why stand looking toward heaven? This is when Jesus Christ ascended. This is when it says, they said, men of Galilee, there's the angels talking, why stand looking toward heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you to heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And that could be at any time. And I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. I cannot wait to get to go with him up to heaven. I'm ready at any time. Are you? Are you prepared? What are you prepared to do? Are you prepared to say, Lord, why wasn't I prepared? Are you prepared right now? Are you packed and ready? I'm going to tell you something. I lived in a house where my dad was prepared and ready for vacation. 
It seemed like two months early. And it was too early in my opinion. But guess what? If you weren't prepared and ready to go when the time came to go, you're in trouble. You might just be staying at home. He wasn't going to wait on you. And I don't blame him. Folks, when Father God is ready to go on our trip home, you better be packed and ready to go. He's been telling us for over 2,000 years. He's been telling you your whole life, your whole Christian life, be packed, be ready to go. And if you forget something, we're gone. Too bad. That's all up to you. If you haven't earned treasures and all, that's all up to you. Pastor, you shouldn't be wanting to go just for treasures. I'm not, but that's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is you get treasures also. You get to eat snacks and such also. Eat those spiritual snacks. If you're missing out and you're hungry, that's on you. Don't blame God because you're hungry, you dope you. Pick up the word of God and eat. If you don't have all the goodies, don't blame God, blame you. He's giving it to you. When I was a little kid, sometimes I knew kids who didn't get all the, the, the little special treats that came in the, the box of the cereal. They said, oh, I didn't see it. What you do is you take out the bag, you take the goodie, it's on the bottom. Here's the thing. The goodies come with salvation. If you're not getting the goodies, open up the Word of God, read it, and take out the goodie. It comes in there. Now, I'm not telling you to go into the store and open up the Captain Crunch boxes. I'm telling you, open up the Word of God and take what God already has for you. It's there through the Holy Spirit. It's there. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. I've heard it said before of many people, including Dr. David Jeremiah. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? It's a prepared, a prepared place. I'm going to get it right. It's a prepared place for prepared people. I'm prepared. I hope you are. Ephesians 4.10 He who descended is also he who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. That's right. That he might fill all things. Might doesn't mean maybe he will. No, so that he will. So he's going to and he did. He fulfilled it all, man. He fulfilled it all. Psalms 14, 2. Psalms 14, 2. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if they are any who understand who seek God. Have you been seeking him? Are you seeking him now? I seek. I found. He's in me now. I hope he's in you. I really do. I really do. First Corinthians. Oh, we're almost done now. First Corinthians 2, 7 through 10. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew it, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, 
or has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him? But God has revealed them to us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And I want to explain this to you one more time. Because so many times people take this out of context. That's why I want to give you more than what most people read here. You see, most times people say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Listen to what it says. Listen to the whole thing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew it, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, or has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Go on to the next verse. Listen to this now. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit, Holy Spirit, by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. We see it. We hear it. We know it, not because of us, not because of our wisdom, not because of our knowledge, but because of the knowledge and wisdom of God himself through the Holy Spirit. Our eyes see, our ears hear, our heart knows. I say again, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Are you prepared? How prepared are you? As for me, I'm ready. I'm always got more to prepare for, always preaching more, always speaking more, always reading more. We can never be too prepared. When it comes to getting ready for heaven, you can listen now. You can never be too prepared. I knew a man one time says, I'm all the prepared I need to be. No, you're not. You can never be too prepared for heaven. Now, listen, you can keep getting prepared every single day. It's like that trip that's coming up. It's okay to keep getting okay. You don't need, you know, 18 garments for two days but i will say this unless you're just that way but i will say get prepared and be prepared and keep being prepared and never be too prepared for your trip home because remember you're moving home you're not going on a vacation you're on vacation you're on vacation get ready for home okay your moving trucks are ready you got everything packed huh you better and we're going to close with this. 2 Peter chapter 3, 11 through 14. And it says, and I quote, 2 Peter 3, 11 through 14. Seeing then that all these things are to be destroyed, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct? Ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? While you are waiting for and desiring the coming of the day of God, in which the heavens will be destroyed by fire and elements will be consumed by intense heat. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which the righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent that you may be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. Be prepared, be ready, be packed and ready to go. If you know of anyone 
who's not sure, make sure you explain to them time's running out. Make sure we're all packed and ready to go because before too long, it's gone. And they're going to miss out on that, if you will, bus when it's going to be going home. Oh, how sad that's going to be. But not for you and not for me. We're going to go home, folks. And I am ready for the homecoming. And I am homeward bound. And I'm glad you are too. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we're so excited to be with you today and that you are with us. We're never lonely because we know that you're with us. We're never alone. And Lord God, we're excited to know that we're going home. Lord God, we're all prepared. This is not a dreary sermon, Lord God. This is not a sad sermon. We know that we're, we're homeward bound. We know, Lord God, that you have our homes, our mansions ready for us, Lord. We also have crowns waiting for us. We know that. We know, Lord God, that you have it all prepared for us, Lord. Not because we have earned any of it, but you've earned it for us, Lord. And as we serve you, Lord God, you continue to give us more and more and more. We know, Lord God, that we can never outgive you. And every time that we are living for you, Lord God, you continue to add more and more to our home. We pray, Lord God, that uh, as people, maybe they're watching, or maybe they're not. Maybe there's other people uh, right now who just need to know. Maybe they need to know through your servants who are here. I pray, Lord God, that they will be willing to share the truth that we need to be homeward bound and prepared. Not looking so forward that we're not enjoying ourselves here, Lord God, but that this is just a stopping place for the now. It's just a resting place. It's just a vacation. That our home is where we're going to be when we're with you. And I pray that more people will catch on to this and realize that the time is so short here on earth. I pray that we will be prepared and enjoy ourselves as we're about to go home. In Jesus' most holy and precious name, I pray these things. Amen.